Here we are for another episode of Under the Bar, the Icon Performance Health Podcast, Rod, and this is a really big one. Bigger than Ben-Hur. It's just Icon now. Uh, yeah, well, uh, that ship sailed, Tom. Big Dog has left the building, no longer involved, uh, Clean Health, not involved with the Icon Performance Centre now, so, yeah. Yeah, like- look, there's been some significant movements at the station. Everyone who listens to this podcast, of course, would be aware that uh, Dane's opening up the... CHFI. CHFI at Chatswood. Mm. I've actually been out there, and that's... That's a full-time job getting that one together because yeah. it's absolutely schmick. It's everything that Dane has ever wanted it to be. And, and look, it makes sense. I mean, him to have involvement in two clubs competing for uh, clientele. I mean, he, he all his eggs in one basket, I think. And uh, yeah. it makes perfect sense for him to uh, move on from uh, Icon. So, yeah, so he, he'll be out there focused on the CHFI. Icon Performance Health at Artarman is now its own uh, little entity. And it is a 24-hour club. We'll, we'll, we'll chime in there. Yeah, yeah. And uh, essentially... You're going to be there, Rawdon, at Icon as the manager of PT Systems. Yeah, yeah. I'm going to sort of have an influence over what goes on in the in the facility there. I mean, I do uh, work out of Lyft Performance Centre, as you know, but yep. I am going to be involved with Icon for sure. Yep. I, um, when I went out to Chatswood at the new gym at CHFI, I was actually going out there to, to see Dane and yeah. you know go through the process of resignation. Yep, as uh, you do. Which I did. I, I, it was, I was quite emotional. It was quite emotional, oh, Mate, yeah, I, I, I heard you broke down to tears or something on well, all fours. Why did you uh, hear that? Made uh, gra- grabbed his ankles and said, uh, you know, uh, you know, keep me, keep me. And uh, he said, no, you, you've, that ship sailed. See you later, Tommy. Yeah, well, everyone comes up and keeps saying to me that I you know, heard that I was tears streaming down my face. <laughs> and yeah, well, there were only two of us in there, Rod, and it was yeah. mano a mano. So the story oh. had to come from somewhere. Mm, mm. Look, I mean, I'm sure, all jokes aside, I'm pretty sure it was, I, I, I've known you for, you know, quite a while now. Yep. And, uh, and I know you're a man of integrity, and I know it probably... You know, as much as you could have shot an email off and um, wrapped things up, you you know obviously owe uh, Clean Health and, and, and Dane a, a great part of it. You wouldn't be here today if it wasn't for those. One hundred percent, mate. And you, you wanted know. to go and you know yeah, yeah. set the set the record straight and, and do the the honourable thing and and actually discuss it with him face to face. Yeah, so and look, it was a really uh, amicable process, yeah. you know, and um, essentially it just came down to the the various passions. I mean, what what Dane. Uh, his vision for that facility and what he wanted me to do in yeah. that facility were, you know, more along the education sides of things and the the presenting and all that kind of stuff. Mm. Where if I take the icon route, the the focus is more on the podcast and the PT side of things. Yeah. And it was a, I said to him, you know, look, what you're proposing, while I can see it for the benefit that it is, is yeah. stressful to me. Yep. What I have here at Icon and the opportunity to, to pursue the the podcast further and mm. those things that I love is really exciting. And you know, yeah. it, it was a very Easy, easy decision yeah, yeah, for yeah. both of us yeah you know? and it was interesting for our listeners um obviously they, they i'd like to think they, they they care what you and i do from time to time but for you it was it was uh, i found it quite uh, uh fascinating you, you know you, you went away on holiday and you came back uh, over to, to burma i think it was Correct. um and uh you know zero stress and 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 really i i, I think sense what it was like to to have that uh, weight not that you know that working at uh, Clean Health was excessively stressful. It was just a, uh, you know, I think you wanted a, a different direction and uh, uh, new challenges and and you know, like you said, your vision was slightly different to what uh, Clean Health had. 
Uh, and then it was, like before that, it was, look, uh, I'm still going to go through the motions of clean health. It, it's a vehicle for me to coach my clients. But yep. but then, you know, you had this moment of clarity and it was like, uh, it's simple now. Like, I need to get out and do my thing. And the exciting thing is for our listener is, you know, people can actually get involved with you and uh, you're essentially a brand within a brand. It would be uh, whatever you're going to call yourself, but people can actually work with you individually and uh, a brand within a brand. And that's the, the wonderful thing about Icon is all these great coaches that are, I mean, let's um, tell our listeners, we've got uh, Adam Smith, super coach. Uh, Big Smitty. Big Smitty's going to be in there. He'll He's be part in of the there. team. Smitty, he's really good with online stuff general pop general pop yeah general body composition training for, for the broader population and his online systems are awesome and he's also also got that little functional he does get a little uh, excited with the functional medicine side of things likes to throw, uh, you know, yep. throw a few things in so certainly well versed good to have him on the team who else we got we've got Nick Moen the floor shift uh, the floor shift yeah I think he under the banner of integrity PT I think he's calling himself through through the Icon Performance uh, Health speaking of online I mean he, his online systems particularly for comp prep yeah i think he's put probably more people online uh, on, on stage, stage via than online yeah. online than um, pretty much anyone I, I i know directly in the industry yeah um, very underrated and uh, you know don't expect any much more emotion than you give your clients rawdon uh, but just follow the plan and yep. the systems will be i dotted t crossed and really yeah. really effective excellent so that's floor shift anyone who wants to look at some uh, online training certainly yeah. i've been contacted with, with him. Too. Yep. we've got steph parsons yeah, yeah, super coach Steph Parsons, competitor herself, so she can certainly quite well versed all around strength yeah, yeah. training, body composition training, general pop clientele, quite yeah. a, an all rounder, Steph. And yeah, I think uh, those are the she's got a decent following on social media. Certainly a coach that uh, walks the talk. You know, she does train hard, trains heavy. She's got a really uh, everyone that knows Steph will know she's got a, quite a quirky personality, but yes. but I love her and she's uh, she's fantastic, a really a valuable asset and a, a real team player as well. Yeah, really easy to get along with. So yeah, she can do comp prep, she can do posing, general female fat loss as well. She's uh, she's great for that. And then we've yep. got uh, Jasmine Collins. Yeah, powerhouse Jasmine Collins. Absolutely. I mean, Rodan, you've seen her train. I have. There's probably not too many females. Touch of the Spessots. I'll throw yeah. her up there with, uh, and you'll probably mention Emily shortly, but uh, yeah, she's certainly uh, brutally uh, brutally tough in the gym. Yes, so Loves, uh, so strong and so uh, athletically well-rounded. You yeah, know, and quite a, quite from a, a sporting background. I think she does. She the, plays American football. Yeah, um, big fan of um, you know, track and field, I, th- I think, from yes. her background. Like performance-based, a lot of uh, performance training. So, again, I guess more the the athletic population for her, but I think she's very well-versed with, with general pop and, and general strength development and, and uh, body composition change too. Yeah, a real weapon. And then heading the team up um, from a management perspective, you mentioned there Emily Spessot. Another uh, head of the uh, top of the food chain there alongside with me, but certainly her skill set uh, second to none. Again, huge team player, and, and I can't emphasize that enough. One of the, the things that Icon is trying to achieve is, is this, this old-fashioned team environment and, and, and really good quality service and, and really f- make the clients that come through the Icon doors. Uh, and this has come from Alice there, the big the, the guy that owns the place. Um, really, He wants a community. Community and, and a, a real experience to really, when they walk away, Wow, that's, uh, that's, that's it's quite refreshing to have this uh, consideration and this attention to detail for the for the client specifically. So, really excited about developing that culture in the club too. Yeah, and that's what we're in there to do, Ruin. We're in there to, to start a 
culture and uh, build a community. Yep. And, and so for, I mean, if our listeners do want to uh, partake in the, so what are, what are we calling my uh, strongman session now? I've got something coming up. Or is it the Strength Mafia? The Strength Mafia. Yeah, I'm the, I think I'm the mob boss and I'm well, going to uh, put the guys through their paces. So for any of our listeners that have uh, enjoyed a, a, a modified strongman session that I've thrown together before, uh, the tunes will be super loud uh, and the, uh, you know, there'll be lots of fun. Uh, lots of strongman uh, movements with uh, traditional movement patterns, squatting, deadlifting, pressing, all the cool stuff. Uh, when's that going to happen, man? So for Sydney listeners that want to come along, you can do so on Saturday the 6th of February, 8.30am down at Icon for the, I guess, the opening and the first strongman class. Yep. Um, to find out details of the gym, you can go to iconperformancehealth.com.au. Yes. A snappy little website where you can get all the, the information. <laughs> If you want to contact Rawdon or myself directly, or if you want to um, have anything about the podcast, you yeah. can go to podcast at iconph.com.au. And we encourage that. Ask us questions. You know, if you want to, uh, people we want to uh, talk to, uh, we've got a heap of cool guests uh, coming up in the coming weeks. But anyone specifically you want uh, us to harass, I'm good at harassing, so yep. let us know. Get that through to podcast at iconph.com.au. Mate, we've got a massive show coming up. We've got Mate. Dan Garner. We're going to do a four or five part series on. Yeah nutrition yeah really sort of paint a clear layman's terms uh, a picture of nutrition well yeah what do they really need to know you yeah know, so the, today we're going to go over uh, you know energy balance an overview of nutrition and then over yep. the coming weeks we'll go into the nuts and bolts of the individual macronutrients what they do in the body and all that cool stuff yep. yep and he's got some exciting stuff coming up which we'll talk to him about okay and our special special guest on the episode is going to be juan carlos uh, tom i think you say it pronounce it Juan Carlos. <laughs> Fresh from the uh, Dominican Republic. DR, We're talking to... Uh, mango juice down the forearms. Juan about his training systems, how he gets people in shape, and his story. Yeah, really, really interesting story. Uh, you know, translating all the, the books uh, so we can actually read them uh, back in the day, all his uh, bodybuilding magazines and books and things like that. But also, uh, what I love about Juan is the simplicity of everything. It's yes. uh, pretty much just hard work, but... Uh, you know, he really breaks things down and, um, you know, uh, really simplifies the process of body composition change. So looking forward to that. So that's what's coming up on the show, guys. Like I said, get in contact with us, podcast at iconph.com.au. Now, we do have a listener question to get to, Rawdon, but before yep. we do that, mate, anything exciting in your week? Well, mate, I, uh, before we sat down, I, I did mention that I, I had a little uh, story to tell you, but um, yeah, I guess, uh, you know, a few of the guys uh, been living, uh, yourself included, uh, vicariously through me, you know, like <laughs> I, I, I'm sort of, uh, you know, free and, free and easy at the moment, you know, with the, uh, on the prowl, trying to get a few kills from the ladies on the way up here. Yes. And, uh... You know, I think it was uh, Schmitty, uh, the, the big Schmitty, uh strength coach extraordinaire, Adam Smith. Mm. He, um, he kept handing me to have a go at, at Tinder. And um, so I finally ah. bit the bullet and, and, and jumped on there. But I, I jumped on first and it loads up all your details from Facebook. And, uh, you know, although I look, you know, 25, Tom, you know, I, I am 41. And, yes. and um, anyway, it came up, like my profile came up and then it was this 40, you know, Rawdon 41. I had the pics with the dogs, you know, that's really good with the oh, girls. ladies you know. love that. Love that stuff. So, yeah. you know, just see what happened. And um, so I thought, ah, 41, that's no good. So I, I jumped in on uh, on Facebook and uh, played around with it. So I thought I'd be funny and um, and put the age, you know, I was born in 1916. And of course, uh, now... <laughs> 
and it doesn't let you change it like once you change it, it goes hey you've changed this too many times you can't change your date again so i'm i'm actually born in 1916 and my my tinder profile is rawdon that's uh, 99 years old <laughs> and now we've got all these old old boilers, old boilers. that are uh, <laughs> coming up because they you know put unlimited age bracket and uh yeah, it's all gone pear-shaped mate. Oh, so i've got to sort of uh you know lay low for a little while on the on the tinder front until until Facebook lets me change my age back to uh, what it legitimately is, but uh, you know, you never know, mate. I mean, when they talk about uh, the benefits of experience in between the sheets. It, it might be ninety nine though, Tom. I don't know. It might be uh, clashing at straws, but uh, nobody's to, safe. Nobody. No one. No one, girls. Watch out. Now we've got an email here from Chris Mavros at squareonefitness.com. dot au. Because he was uh, starring in the movie Top Gun, uh, Mavros. <laughs> And the email, and we've received a few of these, Rodan, on, on this very topic. Hey, boys, I was interested in some more information on a topic Rodan and Tom have uh, spoken about a few times about resetting the gut. Oh, the biome? I was wondering if they could provide a link to the details or if watch a podcast episode it was on. I'll go back and have a listen to it. I love the podcast. Uh, he goes on to say some very nice things about the show. Excellent. Thanks for any help. Thanks, man. Thank you for your email, Chris. Look, off the top of my head, I don't know which episode it was that we discussed everything in detail. I mean, we've done little bits. Uh, I think there was one grabs. specifically, but they, uh, I think we've sort of said through, what we do. Yeah, we went through the, uh, I guess, the cleanse protocol, which is a bit of a gut resetting uh, system. You, you, you love that one. Fan so, of that one. So we can go over that. Uh, what I will say is uh, with all of these things, you know, we should preface by this is not something that's... Diagnostic. In, in, no lab coats on. It's not no. a medical approach to mm. any specific disease or, or yeah, sure I might call you Dr. Hewitt and uh, you might call me uh, you know Professor Dubois but uh, but yeah. this is an opportunity if you have a client in or someone's presenting with a range of different bloating and digestion and flatulence and all those, Ooh, <laughs> all those nasty things. burping and various things Maybe, and, and foods aren't sitting well there are some things some good okay. tricks to have in the tool bag to sort of help out with those things yeah let's talk about what uh, what you like to do and I, and I guess what we what we do generally um, evolves over time, and I can talk about what I like to do these days. And, yeah, um, so that, that would certainly help. First port of call is obviously to take out any offending foods. Yep. And if you're going to do a specific cleanse protocol, five to seven days, a bit of a gut reset, then essentially you're taking all food out. <laughs> they eat nothing for seven days. They eat nothing for seven days. <laughs> no, but all um, animal proteins. All starches, all grains, everything comes out, and essentially they exist off some fruits and vegetables and some oils mm. for the seven days. That's where they get their nutritional intake. Mm. You can chuck in some amino acids and various things along the way. I think for maintaining muscle mass, it would be a good because uh, you know if you crunch the numbers, I think it, you can go as low as 0.6 grams per kilo per day for you know just survival of, of protein intake so if you yeah. throw some aminos at them you probably cover your basis for maintaining muscle exactly some amino acids or maybe a, a plant-based protein pea protein yes. something like that would do the trick and then you're looking at, at you know the obvious supplementation that you might use for the gut so obviously probiotics mm. uh, mm. prebiotics yep apple cider vinegar antimicrobial antibacterial that's good yep uh, the coconut oil it would be the, the oil of choice to use during this phase some sort of uh, liver support is a good thing to have in there. Uh, yep. Taps from Thorn is probably the go-to product that I use these days. Very good. And uh, that's very good. Um, multivitamin, vitamin D, some magnesium at night. The Maybe a little curcumin in there. Some well, I would definitely chuck some curcumin in there, mm. and I'll talk about curcumin in a minute, actually. Uh, you're looking at giving the digestive system a break from all the heavy proteins and animal proteins, all the inflammatory dairy and wheat. 
existing off fruits and vegetables and then peppering the system with all of the support that you can possibly think that's going to help reset things. And it, it's a chance to A, give the system a break and then feed it with everything that it needs to um, rebuild and, uh, and replenish. And we've spoken to people on this show before and the gut lining is a very active organ in the body and it's always turning over and replacing itself. So yeah. giving it the chance to reset from any in inflammation and giving it the things it needs to help support it for five to seven days, more often than not does the trick. And pretty much everyone that I've tried this with have then sort of reset things and been able to reintroduce clean foods and digestion functions along and bubbles along very very nicely yeah look i mean i i, uh, I completely agree with everything you've done there and and generally i i tend to do like a i guess a simplified version of that and and similar actually to uh you know what a lot of the polycom guys do the you know the 14 day uh, boot camp you know where they like to just uh, take out all uh, all the nasty stuff and just keep basic animal meats and, and vegetables and take away the starchy carbs and stuff like that. Uh, I tend to take away artificial sweeteners. I take away all the amino acids, all the, the whey protein, because generally, you know, individuals have been drink, guzzling whey protein multiple times a day for the last, you know, However 99 long. years. Yes. <laughs> like I have. I take those out, take out coffee, which is probably the hardest one, and they all, you know, to quote Charles, piss and moan about, uh, you know, why have I taken coffee out? I need it. Yeah, okay, mm. have a no dose. You know, have some caffeine instead. But um, just because all those things are usually overindulged in and um, usually are responsible for some inflammation, and, you know, the individual doesn't really know that they have inflammation. You know, they just bumble along day to day. So take those out, take dairy, take wheat, take gluten, like you mentioned. Take all those things out and um, load them up on uh, a variety of vegetables and. Um, yeah, a little bit of fruits in there, but but you know protein choices, you know, variety of protein choices. But I also sort of critique their nutrition and and highlight anything that they've been over consuming. Like uh, have a look at they, they fill out a seven day food log. Have a look, okay. If every day it's broccoli, and okay, dude, you're not having broccoli for the next four to six weeks. Mm. So I sort of make a little bit more of a rather than a general. Okay, let's take everything out. Uh, if it was something that was really bad, I might still. If there was something really pronounced, then I might do what you're, uh, what you're suggesting is a great idea with the uh, the gut rebuild, like something deliberate and specific. But if it's just general, they're in reasonable working order, and they're not really complaining of any issues. I'll, I'll methodically take all those things out, just as a, to err on the side of caution, and um, then reintroduce them. And you know, sometimes when you reintroduce coffee at, at four weeks, they you know they run to the toilet and straight away it's like, okay, cool. Now we know that it's an issue. Do we? have it okay we can have it on occasion but we know that it's probably something that we shouldn't overindulge mm, in mm. or you need more time away from it so that's t uh, what i tend to do and the supplements definitely i like uh, if i did suspect gut issues i really like what you mentioned there the glutamine's great for the lining of the gut omega-3s i like the krill oil with the vitamin a great for the intestinal lining curcumin for sure you're going to talk a little about cur curcumin i love that uh, even just the turmeric uh, seasoning on the food, great yep. for the uh, the actual yep. for the gut itself. It's quite good. I like a little bit of fermented vegetables. Just going to ask about that. Yeah, yeah. I know you've been using those lately. I have been using a little bit, uh, not probably as religiously or methodically. It's a general. Hey, chuck in some fermented vegetables with a sauerkraut uh, where you can, but nothing deliberate. Uh, I, I let that up to the individual. But um, but yeah, a bit of a fermented veggie is definitely a probiotic. What I'm leaning towards are the ones, and we've spoken about this. You either get the steak, throw it on the ground, step on it, then eat it get some dirt on it or you get these uh, probiotics with uh, the soil-based organisms seems to be uh, the weapon of choice with probiotics seems to be a good yeah. some, some good uh, uh, results with those types of probiotics but 
but really I think it's just a you know as cliche as it sounds some clean nutrition for a duration to get the, the system working well and you know abstaining from those uh, and that to be honest is why I don't throw cheat meals on in as much as I still do it for experimental purposes you know my <laughs> clientele unfortunately don't have that luxury no in, because remember they're specifically prepping for a show or, or some sort of uh, photo shoot something like that and I really am leaning more and more towards the, the, the dirty cheat meals just really don't have a place if, if body composition is anything that you have uh, as one of your goals off season fine but um, but the issues that arise from, from eating a, a ton of really bad processed food is, is yeah, it can manifest for weeks, you know. Yeah. And if you're having one every once a week, I mean, you're never really going to see what it's really like to from. have, have uh, yeah. you know, an, a digestive system doesn't work. Obviously, it works. But, like, let's, you know, in inverted commas, say an optimal. And because the whole time the client's with you, you want everything working you know, optimally. Mm. So that's what I'm leaning towards these days. But, yeah, I, like you, have had a lot of success with those seven-day rebuilds in the past. Yeah. Well, there you go, Chris. I think what we've done there, as we like to do, is sort of skirt around the issue. Well, after round. Not actually answer anything directly. No. Didn't even give him the answer what podcast it was like. <laughs> No. <laughs> and uh, that's what you can expect if you send us an email to podcast at iconph.com.au. Under the bar with Rawdon and Tom. You mentioned the curcumin, Rawdon. I've had um, a couple of clients come back. You love the curcumin. I do. You know, mm. I've, I've referenced. Like personally, it. you actually have y- yes, a lot of success with many it. times on the show. It really does help with my joint pain, which has always been a limiting factor for me. Yep. So the curcumin phytosome is the one that you're after. That's the uh, surrounded in the phospholipid, so Correct. absorption's better. Gets yep. into the bloodstream. Blah blah blah. Choline, yep. yep. Charlie Walker was on. He spoke all about the mechanism. I like to do 8,000 milligrams per day, so 4,000 morning and night for a two-week period. Then you can drop it back to 4,000 or 2,000. Everything seems to be fine. Yep. One of my clients, uh, D, God lover, listens D3PO. to all the listens to all the podcasts. She uh, does a lot of bushwalking, and she, she does. You know, she'll go out and just punch out a 15, 20 k's in the Blue Mountains. Come back into training on the Monday. She'll come a gutter from time to time. She takes <laughs> she, a tumble. She does take a tumble, but she's noticed a big difference in the uh, knee pain. Ah. I have another client, uh, Little Lids. She gets a bit of pain from lifting heavy. Yeah, she does she, lots she, of you know. She's she a bit beat up there for a while. Yeah, she? curcumin works well with her, and she's okay. given it to her mother who has osteoarthritis. And the mother has noticed a significant difference in her joint pain. Wow. And I did stumble across a little study. I'll go over it very briefly. Basically, they gave 100 patients with osteoarthritis divided into two groups. The first group was given what they call best available treatment. Yep. The second group was given best available treatment plus 200 milligrams of curcumin each day. Okay. Not a huge amount. No. And the study results showed that the curcumin-treated group had a statistically significant reduction in all primary clinical endpoints. These results were complemented by the evaluation of a series of inflammatory markers and basically no significant variation was observed in the best available treatment group and that's only 200 milligrams a day mm. so mm. another uh, tip to the hat to my old mate curcumin curcumin interesting there tom because uh i will mention uh, lift run bang uh, paul carter uh, he's going to be coming up in the upcoming episodes he's going yes. to be a contributing uh meeting the minds he'll yes. put his lab coat on and uh, talk chew the fat with us in the coming months which is really exciting but I was reading one of the things that he wrote, and he was basically talking about these arguments on social media with if it fits your macros, clean eating group, and then uh, you know various training uh, different modalities gets better results. The science proves it, and he was basically saying that um, 
you know both both groups can be right for a variety of reasons and um and he was he was talking about uh you know real world experience and uh just because you can't it's not proven yet or the particular study doesn't show it or it shows something the opposite doesn't necessarily mean that it uh, that it doesn't work yes. in, in that scenario and then now i think luke spoke about this as well when he was talking about studies you really got to know how to read the study and um, some of them can be to like the untrained eye we read it wow that's a good result but then if you look you know were these screened were they sort of the individual set up for for the result that they wanted yes all this type of stuff so just because it hasn't been proved by science and i mean that's a great example that there was actually a study that showed that the osteoarthritis was uh, uh, it had helped yes but you know, I your own paid, experience. Yes, I wouldn't pay any attention to it had it not been for my own experience. Yeah, like yeah. Uh, you really do have to um, sometimes rely on uh, on what you've seen work and uh, and what works for you. And Paul was actually referencing what he actually had to do, like to drop his. And we're going to talk about this when we talk to him. Yep. Uh, with his body composition change, and it's like, well, you know, I had to not eat anything with high high GI. I couldn't have, you know, whereas. You know, if it fits your macros, would say, well, it's just about calories. You know, you can eat whatever you want. He said, well, no, I know that I can't. It just, didn't work. It it just work did not work for him. Yeah, yeah. So he knows exactly what works for him, but then he would then say, but it doesn't mean it's going to work for you. Yeah. Like everyone's different, everyone's individual. That's why it's very hard to be absolute and say, well, it's, it's just to do with calories or it's just to do with controlling insulin or it's just to do with, you know, energy equation. I mean, yeah, there's key fundamentals that you need to obviously uh, adhere to and mm. um, base your. Uh, program design, nutrition design around that, but everyone's individual, and um, I just thought it was really interesting. And you know, case in point with yourself with the curcumin, you've had yeah. such amazing results. Now, surely, if if uh, the studies weren't saying that, you would be selling it anyway because you just had such an amazing yeah. uh, relief from your uh, uh, symptoms with your uh, knees. Fascinating. Yeah, spot on, mate. Exactly. And I think that uh, it's very much the under the bar way. Yes. yes. Meaning of uh, some good science and uh, and a little bit of in the trenches too. Yeah. Under the Bar, the Icon Performance Health Podcast with Rawdon and Tom. Rawdon, it might surprise the listener out there that we did actually put some thought into this podcast. Occasionally. To relaunch it in 2016. And yeah. We, and, you know, we kind of thought what would make the podcast really special, um, as much as we like to think that people tune in to listen to us, Polly Waffle. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Come the, on, Tom. The reality is is that it's content that gets, you know, gets people, over the line, people yeah. interested. And so we thought what would be great, what would be lovely is if we could have just a really clear, simple overview of nutrition mm. and, and what it does. Yeah. Something that's layman's terms, but yeah. structured enough to be almost textbook fashion yep. in some sort of audio format, you know, yep. explaining really what's going on. And we thought, well, how do you go about that? Well, you'd, you'd do some sort of overview or introduction to nutrition mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. then you'd break down the macros and explain yeah. you know what is a protein what is carbs what is fats yeah and i think uh once the listener and and i, and I guess we <laughs> learn a little more about it all yeah. it's uh i mean everything seems to fall into place and you can um uh differentiate fact uh from fiction in, uh, in the industry so i think uh invaluable to have it uh laid out before us um uh, in this uh, new format. Mm. Mm. Well, the next question then we had was, well, who do we get to do it? Because clearly it's not a job for you and I. No, I mean, we could get the you know, the textbook out and read from it, but no, someone with a little more experience. Yeah. Dan Garner is the one that came up. You yeah. know, a little bit of a dark horse, Dan Garner. When yeah. we actually got him on our podcast uh, last year, a large number of actual coaches in the industry came up and said, oh, Dan, he's the guy you're working with. You know what? Yeah. He was actually really 
usable. The content that, that he gave in his interview yeah. was usable, and yeah. we thought that's what we're actually we're after. And in, ter- in terms of textbook, he's probably read more than anyone. You know, he, he's yeah. a fastidious studier. Yep. So we've got Dan on. It's going to be a four or five part series. We're going to we're going to look at the macros, look at mm. nutrition, and give you something like pens and paper out. Yeah. Get ready to take some notes. Well, he could slip a sleeve into the uh, white lab coat, but not too much. I mean, Dan's going to put it into terms that you and I can understand. So, so Dan, welcome back to the podcast, mate, and uh, thank you for being with us. Yeah, no problem at all, guys. Thank you for having me. Excellent. Okay, so we're going to, um, over the coming uh, weeks and months, drip feed this content, Dan. To start with, some interesting and exciting things for you coming up, and I believe you've got a, uh, an online certification um, which will be ready to go around about uh, April or so. Mm. Yes, that's, that's, that's true. I'm going to be working and be bringing out my own certification through Engineered Nutrition Systems. How it's going to work is there's going to be video lectures and manuals and all types of content driven towards understanding nutrition. So you're going to be able to not just have facts and figures to shout out at a certain time, say like vitamin C lowers cortisol or whatever it's going to be. You're going to be able to look at a person, a diet in a situation and be able to conceptualize the whole picture to where you should, to what you should be doing now and where you should be going in the future. Mm. Excellent. Well, that sort of encapsulates what I was saying, you know, fact from fiction, actually knowing what uh, what is legit when you read this stuff uh, on social media. That's awesome. Yeah. Now, look, it sounds uh, really exciting. So, Engineered Nutrition Systems, it's going to be an entire online platform, mm. uh, downloadable content, PDFs, works. workbooks, uh, lectures, week week. video, audio, yeah. the whole gamut of athletic performance and body composition. So, that's yeah. really exciting. Now to get on to some content which will be valuable for our listener right now, Dan. When we're talking about body composition, obviously you've got training and nutrition. Where do you sort of weigh up the role that nutrition plays? Is it the the main factor in getting someone in shape? Yeah. It's definitely a large factor. So I'm going to go through this nutrition content and you've given me the tall task of offering textbook information through layman's terms. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I'm going to do my yeah. absolute yeah, we've best talk, we've talked you up to combine uh, yeah. that oxymoron yeah. and deliver the content yeah. the best that I possibly if can. If you can do it standing but, on one leg as well, that'd be nice. Mm, mm, yeah, mm, yeah. Mm. <laughs> um, when I, so when it comes to the importance of nutrition and what is more important than another, Nothing is more important than one other thing because it's always based on context to the situation. So some clients are always different than other clients and I don't really like to give a percentage to anything. You know, I don't like to say nutrition's 80% and training's 20% or anything like that. I like to say training is 100% and nutrition is 100% because training is a stimulus. You're creating the stimulus in the gym you're not actually building endurance on the spot in the gym or building power or building strength or building muscle mass. You're creating the stimulus to build power, strength, muscle mass, or endurance. Mm. And what you do with that stimulus or what we, or what you don't do with that stimulus determines whether or not you're going to properly adapt to that stimulus and gain what you're trying to gain from the yeah. gym. So, for example, if you're going to the gym with, for the purposes of creating the stimulus, the hypertrophy to gain muscle mass because your goal is to get jacked, well, you better have your nutrition in check because the gym is just the stimulus. What you do outside of the gym is going to determine how you recover and adapt to that stimulus and whether or not you're actually going to build any muscle or not. Mm. So they are really both 100% because 
You're not going to build muscle without the stimulus, right? But you're also not going to build muscle without the proper recovery adaptation. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, very good, very good. That was uh, pretty layman's terms. I get that. So we lift weights, must eat. Got it. <laughs> very good. Yeah, that's it, man. Very good, that's very it. good. To get jacked, I should say. Yeah, that's good. So when we break nutrition down, I mean, what is a, a unit mm. of nutrition? I mean, what, what exactly is a yeah. calorie? And, and An energy. What's this energy thing? It's, it's always, it can't be destroyed or create from the sun, plants, all this type of thing. Layman's terms that lot for me, please. Yeah, for sure. So in its simplest form, energy balance is simply just calories in versus calories out. Calorie okay. is a unit of energy, so it's not a unit of mass. Mm. So energy can never be destroyed it can only be transferred in or out of something which is why calories in versus calories out is the number one undisputed way to regulate body composition yeah okay so a calorie is a unit of energy not a unit of mass so you yeah. consume a unit of energy and then presumably that energy will be divvied off to form some sort of physiological function or go to repair or growth or the energy could then be stored as adipose, adipose tissue, tissue or fat. Yeah, absolutely. Based on the stimulus you're providing in the gym. So okay. your internal environment that you're creating from the stimulus that you're presenting in the gym is going to largely determine what you're doing with those calories and what's going to happen. If that one calorie unit is going to be put forth to muscle mass or if it's going to be put forth to fat gain or if it's simply going to be burned off as energy in the gym. Okay. okay. Now... Before we get into each macronutrient in specific detail, does the, the macronutrient itself, I know each macro has got its own uh, calorie value, but does the nature of the macronutrient change the way the energy is used by the body? Yes, absolutely. So this is something where a lot of people will say, like, is a carb a carb or not? And it, it absolutely is. The nature of the macronutrient does matter. And of course, we always have to bring context back into the situation again. Because it, it's, it's strange. When people say a carb is a carb, they, they all say that carbs are equal. But then they also agree that protein isn't equal and fat's not equal. So for example, they'll say animal, animal protein is a higher quality protein for building muscle mass than plant protein or an incomplete protein source. And then when it comes to fats, they'll say a fat is uh, more beneficial, say if it's omega-3, than trans fats, of course. But when it comes to providing the body with energy for exercise, which is what the listeners are most interested, that's primarily coming from carbohydrate. And the type of carbohydrate that you do get from the macronutrient providing the calories does matter because a high glycemic index carbohydrate is going to be more beneficial during training and immediately after training to fuel both the muscular system and the nervous system but also to maximally replenish glycogen tissue post training as well so you're just going to have a greater susceptibility of accomplishing a given task choosing the correct nutrient so using that example if i will dan read the the uh, glycemic index around training does it then sort of lend itself to an optimal scenario with with choosing your your macronutrient because the reality is that although you don't consume a high high glycemic index around training within a, a given 24-hour period unless you're doing twice a day and things like that you are the body will you know has a, has a great ability to 
create homeostasis again and, and reload glycogen stores for the next day. So, you know, with the, the you know, choosing the uh, type of macronutrient uh, specifically around training or, you know, whatever scenario you're looking at, is that more of a, an optimal type scenario where you will, uh, there is some benefit, but it's not uh, in the overall scheme of things, not, uh, you know, not, not a huge uh, key player. If you get my drift. Yeah, that, that's absolutely right. So when we're looking at the actual impact of certain nutrient strategies towards building a meal plan or towards changing your body composition or improving your athletic performance, some things are much more impactful yeah. and have a higher priority than other things. So for example, simply just getting your calories and macronutrients correct is light years above and beyond more important than the timing at which you have these calories and macronutrients. Yeah, right. A really good example that everybody can relate to is protein on this one. So when you, when you talk to the average athlete or the average gym goer, they'll tell you right away that yes, I'm absolutely sure I get 50 grams of whey isolate post-workout every time that I train. Mm. And then the next question you ask them is, well, how much protein do you have per day? and they won't have any idea. And mm. that's a big mistake right there because the amount of protein that you have in the entire day is way more important than when you're having it. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, cool. Right. Okay, cool, cool, cool. So I guess then, Dan, just to sort of clarify then, the if uh, a carb is a carb is a carb to a degree and you take that if it fits in your macros approach and that the total volume of protein, carbohydrates or, and fats that you have in a day is what you've designed for yourself, does it then really matter what the food source is that it's coming from? It absolutely does. So you said the uh, if it fits your macros there, the <laughs> IIFYM crowd. Yes. There, there's really two polar opposites, and they give advice based on this polar opposite extreme. You have the one crowd that says calories are the only thing that matters. And then you have the other crowd that says calories don't matter so long as you eat the right foods. So the one crowd is just simply uh, calculating their calories and macronutrients per day and eating towards that, whereas the second crowd is eating clean foods but not really calculating anything. And while I completely understand what both camps are saying, nutrition and physiology just never operate on any extremes. And the truth is always found somewhere in the middle and is always based on context of the situation. Mm. So when we're really asking ourselves, are calories the only thing that matters? Not really, because this ideology of thinking calories are the only thing that matters sends the wrong message towards things like the gut microbiome and epigenetics energy system demand that they're placing on themselves. For example, a marathon runner is going to eat a little different than a power lifter. Uh, biochemical individuality, food intolerances and sensitivities, the micronutrient density of the food, so what kind of vitamins, minerals, phytonutrients and fiber content is within that food because although a carb is four calories, sweet potato is going to have a lot more fiber than white rice. Yes. And we also have to uh, take into consideration the inflammation status of the client, their current metabolic state. Yeah. I mean, all sorts of stuff make yeah. it quite clear that calories aren't the only thing that matters. That was a lot of reasons there just flying off yeah. the top of my head. Uh, yeah. But at the, at the same time, saying that they don't matter, I would say is equally as incorrect because someone can be eating what we consider good quality or natural whole foods and eat their way right into obesity with the same complications. Yes. You know, yeah. your gut doesn't have a little gauge on it that says, 
okay, you know, this guy's eating brown rice, avocado, and chicken. I'm only going to store this into muscle and not in fat because this is what I consider clean food. You know, it, it doesn't really work like that. Your gut sees energy and energy is calories. And if you eat in excess of what you burn, you will put on body fat regardless if that's coming from your so-called clean list. So a combination of the two is the best way to ensure that you're doing all the right things. That's awesome, man. Yeah, I, I think the, the you know, if you were to pick a, uh, a style of eating that falls into that uh, demographic, it's the, 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 the paleo existence where, you know, they'll guzzle uh, liters of coconut oil a day and, uh, well, it's a good fat, you know, it's uh, it's good for me and, you know, eat, eat great uh, food choice. We, I think we'd all agree that the quality foods for sure, but, you know, when they... <laughs> You consume too much energy, like a bulletproof coffee. I think mm. that puts your, you know, your two or three hundred calories up for the day just by having a coffee in the morning. You know, so yeah, and it's absolutely useless. <laughs> the yeah. bulletproof coffee thing is ridiculous. Just yeah, throwing yeah. that out there. Excellent. So, yeah, so it's it's really interesting because you have um, what Dan's just suggesting there is, I know plenty of guys who mm. eat an if it fits in your macros approach mm. and uh, you know they might do a some sort of intermittent fast and eat nothing all day and then eat all their calories in mcdonald's mm. and get in really good shape mm. but that kind of person is going to get in really good shape no matter what you do with them exactly mate. and yeah. then i know other people who eat a really clean paleo style diet mm. and they can't get the kind of body composition that they like for whatever reason body fat's usually too high and it's usually because of an excess of calories mm. so I, you can see where they both uh, have their place and where this all actually does fall into the middle mm. and mm. Um, and it's not a, a be and all end all and everything is a little bit individualized mm. once you actually yeah. know what's going on yeah that's really yeah cool. absolutely biology never operates on extremes yeah. it, it's always found somewhere in the middle marketing operates on extremes that, that's where that comes from okay well there we are Rawdon segment number one with uh, Dan Garner the yep. overview of nutrition and I think that gave a pretty good explanation as to um, well what energy actually is yes uh, how the body will utilize it mm. and um, the different approaches to getting someone in shape yeah that area in the middle neither extreme we'll talk to you again soon Dan for sure well there he was Dan Garner really looking forward to um, mate his, some good stuff there yeah some quality stuff layman's terms really breaks things down very nicely yep uh, we'll go from Dan let's go and uh, have a chat to, um, Go straight to the DR. The Tom. DR. Get some mango and juice. Mango juice. Ripping down the forearms. Beautiful. Here comes Juan Carlos. Well, another very special guest coming up on the podcast today. The international flavor continues, Rawdon, and we go to the Dominican Republic. DR, as it's uh, people in the industry, we call it the DR. The DR, right? Yes. You spent a bit of time there. Well, not yet, <laughs> but uh, I'm thinking about going over and visiting this uh, our next guest at some stage. I'd like to yeah. go spend a, a week or two there, do a bit of work over there, do some training. Yeah. Well, look, we'll ask uh, Juan Carlos himself about uh, the nutrition and the food over there. But from all reports, that there's very few places in the world where you can eat the way mm. you can in the Dominican Republic in terms of the freshness and the quality of the food over there. Yeah. Our next guest is Juan Carlos, and uh, as we mentioned at the top of the program, uh, well, he's been in the industry for a long time, heavily yes. influenced by Charles Poliquin, has yep. his own gym in the Dominican Republic, and apart from being in great condition and very big and strong in his own right, he's uh, ex-Special Forces oh, over really? there as well, so we better just watch what we, uh, watch what we say here, mate. <laughs> he, he get, do one of those Kung Fu grips down the, uh, down yeah. the, the, the line. And, Might end uh, up being a suitcase at the bottom of the ocean or something yes, like that. So con concrete around the ankles. Behave yourself. Thank you very much for your time, Juan, and welcome to the program. 
Thank you very much for the invitation. Just looking forward to see you soon in uh, maybe in Australia. Maybe you down, you can come down here to the yard. Yeah, and actually, if you decide to come down here, for sure I will take care of you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah, no, I've yeah. heard, mate. You're you're very hospitable. Everyone raves about uh, Juan Carlos and the the Dominican Republic, mate. So it it is definitely on my to do list. At mm. some stage, I do hope to get over there and uh, take you up on that offer and uh, enjoy a steak or two uh, or three or four throughout the day. Uh, looking forward to it. Please. Now, one, I suppose growing up in the Dominican Republic, you, you wouldn't have necessarily had access to you know, mentors and information and, and education on personal training or strength training, nutrition, all that kind of stuff. So if you could fill us in and our listeners, of course, as to how you actually got started in the industry and how you've built the, uh, the business in the gym that you, you now have today. Okay, actually, it's a long story. When I was a teenager, I was was pursuing a physical pinnacle because I was getting ready for joining the special force down here. And being a special force in Dominican Republic is not like in the United States or Australia. There's just a lot of resources. So actually, over here, it's really hardcore training. Maybe not a lot of good food. You know, because this is a third world country. Yes. So since I was 14 years old, I started doing running in the morning, riding the bike to the school, to the high school, coming back home. I improvise some uh, resistant training, chin-ups, dips, uh, bars in the backyard of my house. So that has everything start. So after that moving, I just got in a, a very uh, nice bodybuilding gene that was around there. But I was always looking for a way to improve my physique, physique because I was really skinny and was really weak. So I started just hanging around with the big guys around there, but always trying to find a good way to uh, overcome my limitation of physical uh, size and strength. Mm. So that's how everything starts. So over here, I have a lot of limitation because I didn't know the uh, English at the moment. So the way I started learning was uh, getting, getting the bodybuilding magazines, uh, muscular development, flex, all the stuff that I got it that um, just... Uh, uh, and then I bought a dictionary and a notebook. I started translating word by word, and then oh. took me very several weeks. So I started translating. That's the way I learned my English. Wow, awesome! So that's how everything started, you know. So I started hanging around with a lot of bodybuilders, and uh, it was in the stone age at the moment. Yeah. So when I had the opportunity, I had my first book. It was. Um, uh, Dorian Yates, Blood and Guts, and um, books from Mike Mercer, Heavy Duty, start reading a lot, you know. Then just start traveling because I come from a family that is a middle, middle low class. So for here, Dominicans, traveling is not that easy as you guys. For us to be able to get out of the country, mm. we need almost a visa to go anywhere, United States, uh, Canada, Australia, whatever. Okay. So I started just flying, you know, and then uh, I got the opportunity to... Uh, through my uh, career in the military to join um, American Airlines uh, security department. So I started traveling very easy because I could not afford paying tickets uh, at the moment. Mm. So I remember in one of my trips in around 1994 could be, I found out this store in New York City. It was Muscle Mac International. So there was a very well-equipped uh, store that not only uh, uh, specialized in supplements, they have uh, uh, clothing, some gear for the gym, and have a lot of supply for books. That's where I found out my first book from Charles Polykin, Polykin Principles, and I got a lot of more books. I was I being always being a uh, fanatic about reading because my resources are very limited. Okay. So that's how everything starts. So I 
became my passion training. I was very drive to keeping 100% because my background as a military structure, I always take all my clients at the moment to the to, to the to the edge. Right. And then that's how everything happened. So just by uh, a junction of luck and um, hard work, one of my clients, my first client, uh, offered me to open a facility. So he said, you know that you have the know-how, I have the money, so let's do business, go 50-50, let's open up a studio facility. So this is how everything starts. So I had the first uh, studio facility in Dominican Republic just 11 years ago. So my agreement with my associates was I want no money, but I want no money, I mean mean in my pocket, but I want the visa to be able to sponsor my education. So my first speak was the first seminar with Charles Pollock in 2005, level one, level two in Connecticut. And then, uh, so that's when you met Charles and you guys just hit it off or uh, like now you're you're, you're pretty much best mates and you go on, uh, you know, you go on tour. Uh, you're his right-hand man when, when he's doing the bioprint over, over here and uh, I think throughout the world. So did you guys just connect then or did, was it a relationship that developed after that? Actually, it was like, uh, it's going to sound funny, but it was like a first sight love, you know what I mean? Because actually, <laughs> yeah, you, you know, man, you, you know what I'm telling you. You know when someone is yeah. in this business because love to do what you do, you know what I mean? Yep. It's not um, uh, a train just to look good in the mirror or going around because you have passion for what you do, pushing your body to the limit. So I do remember uh, my first seminar, it only was level one, so he offered to do uh, level two in, uh, in Preston Green Gym. So we went and actually I found him doing arms and then after <laughs> right that, the first thing that I asked to him was, can I join you to train? After that, we have tra- we have uh, trained together so many times. Actually, the f- every time I go to take a seminar with him, the first thing that I get from him, hey punk, can you join me to train? You know. <laughs> yes. So, yeah. Uh, actually, yeah, I-, I have learned a lot from my experience. I can tell you, as a trainer, most of my knowledge comes from from uh, sharing workout with the big guys. Yeah. Can be Mills or Seth. Can be uh, Charles Poliquins, Paul Carter. So I'm really, really lucky to be able to uh, intimate yeah. on the stuff that really make big guys strong guys. Yeah. Look, I mean, you mentioned all the big names there, and, and and we've had all those guys on the show too, and they're a wealth of knowledge, each of them in their own right. Paul Carter, Milos, and, and of course Poliquin. Um, you know, I, I guess that's one thing. You know, from from because I know I know Charles reasonably well as well, over the. A relationship that's developed for me with Charles, and um, you know he, he he is fanatical about training. You know he sort of people might uh, not uh, agree with the way he does things, and you know thinks it's a, a money making venture in the industry. But but he is extremely passionate, and and when you describe then it's you know it's this passion for strength training. You know, if, like you said, the first thing he always does before every class, what's he doing? He's there training before, uh, you know, and, and, and sometimes after. And, you know, I, I've mentioned before on the podcast, I've in, no doubt you've been to his house in Colorado as well, Juan, and, um, you know, wall-to-wall books of, of absolutely every publication of every <laughs> strength training magazine and, and bodybuilder magazine and, and encyclopedia of strength, uh, everything, wall-to-wall, literally yeah, room after room of, of books. He, he really is, uh, for what it's worth, I think, uh, one of the most passionate guys. Um, and Juan, it sounds like you and he had that same passion uh, for strength training and uh, pushing the body to the limit. 
Yes. Well, I'm actually just curious, you know, like you said, you just started off by reading books and you got your first Charles Poliquin book. I'm assuming that you wouldn't have actually really known anything about him from that point. So was there something about his methodology or what you were reading in his book that made him appeal to you as opposed to the other publications that you were reading? Yes. Uh, what I really, I really like about the guy and his books before meeting him in person is the first book that give you really details how to approach a workout. Because usually when you get, for example, a program for any books or any magazine, they never tell you about the amount of effort you need to put, if you need to go over failure, negative, or whatever, any way you want to call it. So in his book, he's very specific about how close you need to be to your maximum, to elixir any specific adaptation for hypertrophy or strength. Yes. So I'm a guy that when I read a book, any book, I would call it like it's the it's the Bible. You know what I mean? Mm, Every book mm. that I read, I never forget it. And I remember reading his book out, automatically. I just have this try about trying his workout, and I could feel the difference. It's just a matter about common sense. You know, if you've been for so long in the industry, you know there's a lot of bullshit workouts or people that are gurus or something like that <laughs> that they tell you just one part of the story, but they never give you the whole package. Yes, I do believe, and I, I'm, I'm concerned about this because since I met Charles, it makes a big difference in my career and my my physique. Actually, I'm 47 and it's still better than two, three years, ten years ago. I'm still improving, and everything, everything that I put in my workouts, every workout is almost always, always 100% exactly as I plan it. And my ability to be able to uh, manage all the uh, uh, variables that goes in the, in the program because I learned that from Charles. Yeah, mm, yeah. I, I would agree there as well. Like when I initially uh, started following Charles or got introduced to Charles's work, it was putting method to the madness, you know, putting the, the how and the why, you know, you do certain sets and reps and rest periods and, and the training effect you're trying to achieve. So I, uh, that's one of the things that I was drawn to Charles too, that the, so I could actually rationalize while I was making those programming choices. So. Yeah, I completely agree with that. And um, if there's something else that I can put in that is that I do remember one day when he came first time to the yard, we were doing uh, 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 squats for a full hour. And I was really, I'm really powerful my legs for my size, you know, this is my my strongest body part. And I do remember I was beating him in every rep, every rep, every set. <laughs> but I was pushing with everything, you know, like uh, with whole body, you know. And he told me once, you know, it is not what you put in the bar, it's how you impose that in the muscle that you want to recruit to stimulate for growth. So that's gave me a lot of wisdom. So mm. I start understanding the real meaning of training. Because sometimes people push harder, harder, try to go heavier, heavier, and actually they don't uh, get the results they're looking for. So when you get some knowledge, like from, from charge, and then you take that to the, to the trains, to the weight room and you start putting that together and you train day after day and you get feedback from your workout and how your body responds to that, that knowledge becomes wisdom because you understand that you need to get that in the real life in order to understand what happened. Then after that, Milos came to work for me for a full year. So you can imagine Charles is very, very oriented to strength training. Milos only cares about size and hypertrophy. Yep. So what, what I learned from Milos from Milos actually gave me the edge to understand the big difference 
That's why when I get a bodybuilder, when I get someone that is want to train for performance, I can really put together what I have learned from those sides, from both sides, sorry, and then give results. Well, I know, I've actually I've heard you in the past talk about systemic and specific training, and yes. uh, you kind of tapped into it a little bit there, just in in terms of using the muscle and the mind muscle connection. So, can you just explain what you mean by that and how you use it with your own training systems? Yes, it's a very good question. The way I see it, it's uh, uh, what is called specifics is what you're looking when you go when you want to go on stage. When you want when you want to go on stage, what you really want is to make the muscles go out of your skin, like going like pop, so you get the illusion of greatness. There's a lot of guys that they're very big, they pull a lot with the muscles, so. Let me explain you this more easily because you know at this time of the day, been working for so many hours, my English is completely <laughs> gone. What I'm gonna do as more simple as possible. A specific is means when you learn how to activate a specific muscle, you want to recruit and stimulate for a, a specific adaptation so that muscle start growing. Yep. There's some guy that even with the isolation, they don't know how to recruit the muscle, and they put with every muscle possible in their body. Yeah. So you grow, but you grow as a whole. So when you want, when you want to, when you want to create, create shape, symmetry, it's like you are a sculptor. You have someone. You cannot push always with everything. You need to learn how to create a specific adaptation or stimulation in the specific muscle that you want to make it grow. Mm. For sure, there's some guy, for example, that can go to the bench press, and you can see how their, their chest grow, 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 grow because they have created mind-muscle connection with that compound exercise. But not everyone has the genetics or the ability in the brain to stimulate a specific part of the body with compound movement. So you need to yeah. learn how to recruit a specific fiber even with a compound movement. So what I do with my athletes first, when I see they come to my practice and they say, you know, I do, for example, a squat, but I get a big buck. My ass grow, but not my quads. Mm. So they're pulling with everything, but not the quads. So you need to make some time in the gym, learning how to recruit those muscles with a compound movement, maybe doing pre-exhaustion or pork suction, like for example, Mike Mentor style. You go for failure to, for example, leg extension, then you jump right away to, to leg press. There's no matter how you do it, where you get the burn and the pump is where, is the quads, you understand? Yep. So yes. you need to learn how to do that. So when you are a coach, and specific, I've been very oriented to bodybuilding and physical transport, uh, transformation, you need to look at the people if as culture. Yeah. So they come to you, they want to become a winner. But the one that wins in the contest is not the biggest guy, it's the best physique. Yes. So you need, to learn, you need to learn to give them what they need. Because there's a lot of guy, when you see them in the gym, you say, oh, that guy has a big physique, he's the winner. But there's another one that maybe looks smaller back, backstage, but when you go on stage, kill everyone yes. because create the illusion of greatness. Yes. That's, yes. Why, that's why in bodybuilding now, they're creating new categories because nobody wants to, nobody wants to have the physique of those guys with those big bellies. Yes. yes. You know? And point. usually that kind of adaptation comes only pushing weights and weights and weights without feeling the muscle. Mm. Mm. Right. So you, you need to learn to train in a specific way that give the results that the people are looking for. I mean, this applies for bodybuilders, for people that want to look good in the mirror on stage. For in the case of an athlete that want to train for performance, it's completely different. Mm. You really want to make them stronger. 
maybe they can get good size as a side effect, not the main reason for training. Right. Yes. Or as a coach, your job is to determine what are you going to put in the gym to get the results for what you're getting the mm. paid for. And so, one obviously, let's say you are working with an athlete and the focus is body composition. You want to get them in as best shape as you possibly can. Uh, you work with Milos, so you're obviously very familiar with doing the, the high volume and the mind muscle. How do you utilize the, the lower reps and just lifting the weight with the brain, so to speak? Do you still have, have space in your programming for doing heavy heavy lifting and low repetitions? Sure, sure, my friend, don't don't uh, misunderstand me. For example, we're talking about the guy that are taking a lot of ergogenics, having a lot of time for eating, you know what I mean? The regular yeah. client that come to my gym that come for that only are, 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 first of all, in my facility, when someone comes to my gym, I run a lot of uh, blood tests to find out how their hormone profiles are, mm-hmm. blood, uh, fasting glucose, fasting insulin, just to know if he's going to respond to the workout. Because someone has a high uh, fasting glucose, there's no way he's gonna oxidize fat, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So usually when you put in a, a, a restricted calorie diet, if you don't fix that, what you're gonna use as energy is amino acids, so you're gonna break down muscles. Yes. Well, going straight to your answer, anyone that is completely natural training respond better to a strength training than a typical bodybuilding workout. You understand yeah. what I'm telling you? Yes. Yep. So if you got someone that is a regular guy that comes to the gym, that is a maybe um, works in the office, so first thing you need to make to get results is to make them stronger. Yep. Yep. And then you get some size. You adjust that with a specific nutrition plan that really addresses his needs so you get the physical transformation. Yep. But as a coach, you have you have the, uh, uh, the the duty, the duty to know all the tools, all the tools that how to put them in real life without compromising health. Yes, 100%. And for any aspect, let's talking straight talking. If you get a bodybuilder, for example, that is uh, is being a lot of asteroids, whatever, or gear or something, you need to have all the information. You need to fix what's wrong. And then you put more time and effort in the workout because what happened today, my friends, is more guys that are gurus or, or, or coaches, they know too little about workout or training. They need to put more in nutrition and, and ergogenics. Yes. But once you learn more about training, how to create a specific stimulus to make those people grow and how to play around with a stimulus and recovery, you need less of the other stuff. Yeah. Mm, yeah. So for ro- normal people, regular people, I stick to the typical uh, functional training. Only free weights, low reps, make them stronger, make them more functional. Because the people that are regular guys, regular females or something, that's what they need. Uh, actually, they respond better to that kind of workout. Yes. Because yes. in order for you to be able to hold a giant set, or one hour working only one muscle group as chest, you need to have a lot of nutritional support, mm. have so many years on your belt about training. It yeah. is not easy. That's why there's a lot of coaches around there that don't get results because you need to understand every person's capability to hold, I mean, to hold uh, stress. It's very important as a coach to understand that is you need to find out the right stimulus that do not overpass how, uh, your capability to handle stress. Mm. That's how you grow. Yep. So it's very important to take everything in account. So a regular guy, sometimes there's some people, for example, they respond better to less frequency than other people. Yep. As a coach, you need to understand that everyone is completely different. That's when this, what we do for a living, 
stop being a science and becomes an art. Yes. yes. Yeah, 100%. I might just jump in there. Let's have a chat about nutritional side of things. You mentioned, I think what you were saying is it, it, it depends on the, the training stimulus and, and on the individual looking at blood chemistry, etc. would dictate what sort of uh, macro uh, nutrient split you might use. But do you actually like to use, do you count calories, uh, Juan? Do you like to use uh, uh, baseline calories and manipulate things from there? Or how do you construct your nutrition plans? Uh, Actually, the way I do with my clients, my friend, is that first I teach them how to eat. You know what I mean? I explain Mm. them how to shoot the right food, what what is good for you. When they're moving on in the program so they become stronger and they're looking for more size or something, for sure you need to have an idea of what you're putting in. You yeah, know, yeah. because if you don't if you don't do that, sometimes people do not get results because maybe they are eating too much if, if, and maybe they're looking for leaning out. Yes. There's other guys, for example, they want to put a size, but they don't eating enough. Yeah. So you need to have an idea how what you're putting in. Yep. There, there, there's no way, from my point of view, I respect everyone else. You know, yep. when when you're moving on, you need to have an idea what you're putting in and what you're putting out. You know, yep. because sometimes if you don't know how you're gonna fix it. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, hundred percent. So, for example, you get someone. For example, is dropping a lot of uh, strength and dropping uh, a lot of uh, lean mass. Mm-hmm. So you need to have what you're gonna fix it. You need to put more carbs. You need to put more protein. Take proteins away. You know, yep. it's very important to have an idea what you're putting in. That absolutely. Actually, in my best shape when I competed in 2012 in the uh, in the World Cup in Mr. Universe, I had my best shape was under the tutel of Mills herself. Yep. I did, I did my best and actually I ate a lot of carbs, a lot of carbs because I was taking care about the total amount of carbs I was taking per day. Yes. So mm-hmm. I, I, I keep in check my total uh, fat sources and uh, eat clean as much as possible. Mm-hmm. And I could be able, even before go to sleep, have a huge amount of oatmeal. Yes. And I was getting leaner, 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 and ripped every day. Yeah. Because actually the amount of work and volume we were handling at the moment allowed me to put those carbs back to my muscles and get yeah. bigger. Yes. Yeah. There's a there's a relation, the amount of food you can put and carbs in your muscles and the volume that you're moving and handling. Yeah, hundred uh, percent. A general rule of thumb, uh, Juan, do you like uh, for training intensity, be it uh, strength training? Obviously, volume would require carbohydrates, but do you always like to have some carbohydrates in the nutrition to to for training drive and intensity? Okay, and actually, let's say I'm gonna train very low reps like two, three, no more than five reps. Yep. A full hour squats and liquor. Actually, I will stay away from cars pre-workout, okay? Okay, yep. Higher than that, higher than that, there's no way to do it without carbs. Okay, mm. excellent. That's my opinion. That's what I'm getting from my experience, myself and my clients. Yes. When I start, when I start putting carbs in my workouts, people can work out harder, longer, and they get better results. Yeah. Okay. So the low rep stuff, you generally don't require carbs uh, pre. What about uh, during or post? Do you like any, uh, if it is that low rep stuff, you generally keep carbs away uh, until the workout's done and then you put them in or not even? Usually post-workout, uh, it's going to sound weird to you, but I'm not very fan of uh, protein powders. Okay. Yep. Okay. So I keep my clients having some maybe a, a liquid carbs and some aminos post-workout. I do believe most of the, the weight that we have in the market are no good quality and people get inflammation for that. Yep. So I'm very, very big fan of real food, you know, 
For example, in my case, for the last six months, I stopped taking uh, protein powders at all. Maybe maybe twice a week, maybe twice a month, sorry, because I'm in a hurry, I have no time to sit, for sitting down because my agenda is very full. Yeah. But I get I get better from real food. So I, I stick to I stick to uh, pretty workout nutrition with some carbs and some essential aminos and some stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And post workout I just wait for 30, 40 minutes to be hungry and then I eat a lot of rice and chicken or, or beef or turkey. And actually feels better. I get leaner, not get inflammation in my guts for the whey or something, inflammation or also, as a result of um, increasing sensitivity to that, yeah. and I feel better, and I feel better, you know? Yeah. I do mm-hmm. believe knowledge is very important, but you know, you know to know how to handle that. Yes. You know, you need, to, you need to listen to your body. If you're advancing the business, if you've been for so many years in here, you know one meal can, be the, can make the difference. One workout can make the difference. Yes. So you need to be completely clear to look in the mirror, close your eyes, and then know how you feel. If you feel full, powerful, stronger, or you feel lousy, you know? Yeah, and mm. I like that one. Close your eyes and uh, just see how you actually feel. Yeah. I, I, I love that one. Yeah. Um, talking about food, we, we, we spoke before we uh, went on air. Uh, you spoke about the, and Charles often refers to the, the DR as being the some of the best food uh, sources in the world, uh, more along the lines of organic everywhere you turn. Uh, do you really, do you feel that that, that does play a role in, uh, in body composition, having the like uh, organic foods as opposed to uh, normal foods uh, that, that may or may not have pesticides? Actually, what I see that the big difference is no more in body composition, but just in recovery. Okay. I be I, I what I see in here, for example, over here inflammation is minimum. So you get real food, you know. I mean, you can rotate your, you can have beef today, you can have gold, you can have uh, turkey, you can have chicken, and everything is grass fed, you know. Yeah. I mean, grass fed is free cage, vegetables always fresh. Fruits over here, there's no way you're gonna get someone, some place that feels like real food. Avocados, mangoes, are full of uh, antioxidants, minerals, vitamins. So yeah. recovery is faster. For body composition, at the end, what really matters is calories. Calories. Okay. Yeah. I like that. Interesting. Yeah, it's similar to what we've um, sort of explored on the program in the past. And one, I think we're getting a bit of a picture here of how you go about working with your clients. So obviously, you know, you're looking at their blood work, digestion you've mentioned in terms of the way you structure your meal inflammation plans. And the- inflammation. something you look at. You've said stress. What are the other pieces that you put together in this puzzle of getting your clients in good shape? Okay, the, the, the way I, I do it, first first uh, appointment, I made them bring the blood work, you know, before they come into my gym, so I need to advance in time, I get everything together, so I need to find out how they're doing. Yep. After that, the first thing that I do, I put something in, I take something away. The first assignment I do my clients, because remember, you need to remember that they're regular people, they're no athletes, they're no bodybuilders. Yep. First, I do an assignment where I, I take every, every fluid out of the diet, I put them in a hydration plan. That's the first thing that I do to them. When they do that, because they eat, they're drinking more water and staying away from, for example, uh, sugar drinks like soda, um, uh, juice, a lot of alcohol, actually they start getting leaner right away because they, they get more uh, bowel movement, they get more hydration, and I drop a lot of calories without touching their, their solid food right, right away. Mm-hmm. After that, what I do to them, I put in what I call is a protein goal. Someone that is being out of shape shape if you don't put enough protein in their diet their muscles do not adapt getting stronger they degrade they become weaker mm, yep. 
So my third assignment that I do to them, I put in a protocol to put more veggies in their diet. If they don't know, then there are some people that don't like to take a lot of salads and vegetables. Mm-hmm. So I make them to do juice, greens for them. Yep. So that's the way I do it, you know. And beside that, the coaching that I do to them, I actually, I create a, a, a cold on sleeping. Sleeping, I do believe, is one of the most important things to take care of people in body composition and recovery. Sometimes it's, it's even more important than food. Mm, if you find out someone that is not sleeping well, they're having issues sleeping, like waking so many times during the day, during the night, sorry, and waking up very early and go to sleep very late, they cannot recover. They cannot change the body composition right away. So the best way to do is to ask how they're gonna sleep put in a protocol, supplement protocol to improve their sleeping pattern. You can see the changes right away. Because if someone is stressed because it's not sleeping well, actually their stress level make them have more cravings for sugars during the day. Yes. 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 So the first thing that I do is to put in a protocol for sleeping on water. That makes magic on people. Some people mm-hmm. you don't even have to change their diet. If they sleep better and drink water, you can see some big changes. So when mm-hmm. people get results in like a couple of weeks, like feeling better, having uh, like lose some uh, inches from the waistline, they ask for more. Yes, yeah. You so get, they can, they, you can put in an assignment so they do the homework, they get more results. Yeah, mm. I like it, they take accountability and uh, that's that's awesome, the hydration, I haven't really thought about that angle. And Juan, just to get into some specifics, when you talk about your sleep protocols, what are some of your, your go-to supplements to assist sleep? For sure, magnesium. I give them what is called magnesium test. I just put one caps every day on top of the day before until they get loose tools. Okay. Some, some people get loose tools in five caps, other people need 12, 15 caps even that, you don't get loose tools. It means it's really high deficiency of magnesium. Mm. So that's the way to find the right amount of magnesium that they need. After that, I put them in a, in a protocol of Wigava um, from uh, some supplement that actually increase uh, uh, serotonin like Five H H T P. Yep, yep. And if someone, for example, in the blood work show, like have really high cortisol in the morning and really high cortisol in the evening, I put in in a high dosage of, of melatonin. Actually, melatonin can reset your clock. Yep. Yes. Okay. And besides that, this is very important. I'm I'm very I'm very uh, for, for regular people. For definitely, the best way to create body composition is to know how to play with the carbs. Yes, for, yes. for most people, for most people, I put most of the carbs at dinner. Okay. Yep. So when you get carbs at dinner, you get relaxed because the serotonin you put from the from the, the carbs, so people get better sleeping. Just while we're on the supplements, we'll we'll stick on that for a, for a moment. You've mentioned inflammation a number of times. Do you use any specific supplementation to um, to deal with inflammation and chronic inflammation that a lot of people have? I only use for inflammation curcumin and high dosage of fish oil. That's it, that's all you need. Because if you take what is called the triggers, like gluten and dairy, yes. actually most of them goes away right away. Yep. You put in curcumin and fish oil, it heal up faster your joints. Yes. If mm. someone, because I don't have here, I don't have the possibility to uh, run tests for the GI tract. Okay. So I don't know if someone have leaky gut syndrome or something like that. Uh, but just by the taking away the triggers that come from the gluten and some other uh, uh, use from dairy, and you put in curcumin and fish oil, it's enough. I get results with that, by the way. I try yes. to keep uh, things very simple as possible. Very good, very good. And one, just as we start to wrap things up now, what's uh, next on the cards for you, mate? And what are you focusing on with your own training? 
Actually, I'm learning how to grow with the minimum amount of ergogenics. I'm learning how to grow and because most of the people now that come to Eugene want to see some changes in their physique. Yeah. I'm a big fan. I'm a big fan of uh, free weights, dumbbell for upper body, barber for lower body. I never do lap pull down. I always do chin ups, pull ups. I'm a big fan about that. Mm-hmm. But I do believe the big difference between creating happy trophy strength it is not the equipment that you choose, it's the right bracket. It's the, it's the red bracket. Yep. So now I focus more in increasing more uh, frequency, volume, and dropping intensity. Playing, playing around with the three uh, digits intensity, frequency, and volume. And I'm getting a lot of results right now, I can tell you that. And actually, uh, I feel happy with the results because you need to have something in order to be able to give it away. Yeah. So if you cannot show you can do something with your physique, there's no way people's going to trust you. And Juan, when's the, uh, when's the next time we get to see you on stage, mate? Are you, uh, are you in prep at all for some time in 2016, perhaps? Yes, I was getting this year for the national, but I have a lot of stress in here, the business, a lot of clients. So I'm planning next year to do what is called the national and the national, the national, and then move on to the states to compete. Um, okay. I'm about to be 47 years old, but I still don't like to uh, compete in the master. I want to go with the little boys, you know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, I, I like to feel they respect me, and I show them how to behave. Yes. Uh, yes. When they face experience, you know. <laughs> Very good, man. Very good. Any uh, predicted stage weight for your next year, mate? Are you going to be a little bit heavier than last time or more about just creating that uh, illusion on I, stage and bringing I, up those I, parts of the I body? I do believe bodybuilding is the way it's supposed to be. Is the art of creating illusion on stage. Yeah. yeah you can yeah. be 30, pound, 30 pounds lighter than someone is beside you. I can look smaller, smaller. Yes. If you have the right proportion, right shoulders, big thighs, you know, small waistline, yes. and you know how to present your physique, you're a winner. Yeah, mm. a, a, a touch of uh, Ronnie Ronnie Coleman back in '98, uh, as opposed to, you know, 2004 or something like that. You know, that that lighter, lighter body weight, but uh, appears bigger. Yeah, actually, uh, I'm not a big fan of Ronnie Coleman. You know, <laughs> yeah. I I do respect the guy. The guy's a fucking strong motherfucker. You know yes. what I mean? The guy actually. Make a lot of you cannot you cannot argue with results, you know. Yeah. But I'm a guy that really like more uh, aesthetic physiques, and physiques that only know can show good good muscle size, but have a lot of functionality. People that can really actually be nice physique, but they be stronger. They can do something in real life. Mm-hmm. Actually, I do believe one of the main reasons there's so many things out there like CrossFit or something is because people don't get results or the results they are looking for at the gym, you know. Yeah. Most yeah. of the people want to be functional, my friend. Mm, yeah. You want to have a PC that can, besides being able to, everyone wants to have it, you can go and get in the chin-up bar, you can do 20 chin-up, touching the chest in the, in the bar, you can do full squat, you can do a lot of uh, deadlift, and even if you want to run 100 meters, you can do it, no problem, you know? Yeah. When you start to grow too much, too much, too much, too much, yeah. it's actually, you lose functionality. There's no way you're gonna yeah. be able to move very easy if you put too much weight in five six seven years like 80 pounds on your on your uh prior body weight mm. okay uh, before we uh wrap things up mate what about uh you, you don't like ronnie coleman but just for my benefit and the listeners that do like some of the classic physiques but who who's one of your all-time favorites mate my favorite uh definitely could be francine 
And uh, from yeah. the 90s, I love the physique of um, Sean Ray. Yep, yep. I love Sean Ray, you know, very muscular, you know, very elegant, you know, very handsome guy. Yep. Know how to present his physique. And definitely, Lee Labrada is the owner. Yeah, Lee Labrada, nice, yeah. Never never quite uh, got the O, but uh, yeah, quality physique. All right, Juan, well, mate, thank you so much for your time. It's been an absolute pleasure to have you on the show. And okay. um, we hope to I see ha- you down under again a, soon. I have a request. Yes. Please make plan to come down here so you can have an idea of how we train, how we eat. Absolutely love yeah, to. Mate. Yeah, you just Yeah, we should endeavor to get over to the Dominican Republic, mate. That would be fantastic. Okay, my friend, you have a housing here. Looking forward to see you soon, my friend, okay? <laughs> Thank, Thank you, Juan. Thanks, Juan. See, see you, you later, buddy. mate. Bye-bye. Bye. Okay, bye. Bye-bye. Bye. Well, there he was, Juan Carlos. What a man. All of our guests have always got really good life stories. Interesting, yeah. Very yeah. interesting. Like Nelson, Juan, mm. these guys. Makes our lives look a little boring, really. It, yes. <laughs> Doesn't it, it does. I don't know if we'll be on any podcast anytime no, soon. No, what, what have we done? We've been spooned fed our whole lives. We didn't have to go and translate our books. Yes. Mm. Interesting. Yes. That's commitment. It is commitment, yeah. And I, the bread and butter, the basics, I mean, it seems really simple. We, we sort of mention it. Yeah, make sure you're hydrated, but... One cast, all he does is drink water. That's it. Yeah. First yeah. couple of weeks, just get the hydration levels up, and uh, he even sees yeah massive improvements just by overhydrate, uh, hydrating. Hydrating people. Yeah. No. Fascinating. It makes perfect sense. And once again, a little tip of the hat to the intra workout supplementation, Rawdon. Yeah. Basically, anything over five to six reps for Juan Carlos likes to have some sort of yeah uh, supplement to go with the training. Yeah. And if you've seen that guy on social media, he certainly does like to train. I've seen him firsthand back at the CHPC back yeah. in the day and um, he really does much like Charles they, they both really for, for, for guys that are a little bit older the, the extent to which these guys always train I think it's, it's inspiring it's really inspiring is. indeed yes. so there's another episode of Under the Bar the Icon podcast great to have Dan Garner um, yes. looking forward to getting him back over the coming weeks it's going to be really good um, and so we've got some other big special guests coming up and regular contributors you reference yep. Paul Carter he'll be one of them and a yep. few more sneaky ones waiting in the wings yes so uh, podcast at iconph.com.au if you want to get in contact with Gordon or myself or have a question for us yep and we've covered the gut so there's no need to email about the gut but uh, anything you want us to talk about we're happy to uh, go over it for you guys and we'll talk to you guys again in a couple of weeks 